this is a really exciting guest we've got on the Celtic View podcast this week because we've got none other than Killian Sheridan, a man that used to play here at Celtic Park, a man that's got the best Christmas jumpers probably in the whole of Scottish football as well, now currently at Dundee and we're going to go back through your whole Celtic career. Killian, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure, very good. Pleasure uh, to come on. Uh, is that Christmas jumper? Right. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is that one thing that people keep bringing up to you? Because, I mean, I've just done it to you. <laughs> I do I do get it a lot, but I also play up to it as well. Okay. Like, I'd, I don't let people forget about it either, so it's, I can't complain when, when people bring it up. Yeah, for people that maybe don't know about it, this was like, God, how long ago was that now? Uh, it would have been 2010, maybe? Okay. 2011. You still at the club? Did you no, just leave? No, I was... I was back at St Johnston on loan from Bulgaria. Right, okay. It's a, yeah, a roundabout way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I went, in, went into training and one of the guys was like, I was saying, oh, I'm doing sports scene later on or tomorrow. And the guy was like, oh, you should wear something mad to it, like wear a Christmas jumper or something. And uh, I was thinking, oh, I can't, can't do that. Yeah. And I was like, I, I ended up wearing a dicky bow thinking like, that's pretty out there for sports scene so I turned up like with the dicky bow nice shirt on <laughs> and I had the Christmas jumper in a plastic bag with me and I've turned up and the guy's like whatever how are you and I was like here do you mind if I think it's okay if I wear this Christmas jumper and he kind of looked in the bag and he was like yeah why not it's around Christmas time but I don't think they expected it to get the yeah, to the get same that it got, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for for all that time later, for it to still be such a talking point, just show. Have you still got the Christmas jumper? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that one you're getting like for your Christmas card photos? You're getting it back out. I'll, I'll maybe save it for a big auction or something. <laughs> and uh, you're actually going to make my job a bit easier today because you are now a podcaster yourself as well. So you know all the tricks of the trade, and you you can help ease me through this one today. How how you enjoying the podcasting game? Uh, it's hard. It's hard. You'll hopefully agree with me, and I feel a bit of pressure now that I need to <laughs> to, to show up to my professionalism. Mm. But it's um, I'm going to take the expectations down. Yeah. Well, what's the name of your podcast? I'm, I'm quite amazed that you actually managed to get this guest on for for all your podcasts with you. Um, well, not a guest, co-host. 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 The Sheriff's Show with Lewis Capaldi. And that's that's really impressive. Like, how how did that all come about? Uh, I I wanted to start a podcast, <laughs> and I just kind of manifesting. I just put it out there that like it's me and it's me and Lewis Capaldi. Yeah. And I just think if I manifest it and talk it into existence. Yeah. So basically, he he's not aware of it, or there was no contact. Okay. But it just so happens that he just never manages to make it. It's not really great Up for recording. recording. I know, yeah, yeah, he's not managed to make it. He is busy. He's busy. He's he is he is busy. But I mean, if he's if he's co-hosting, you would expect a little better, really, wouldn't you? But look, he's Netflix albums mm. tours. One I'm day just, I'm just yeah. Keep, keep talking about I'm just it. Every, it. Every, every time I'm recording, I'm just waiting for the door to to creak <laughs> open and his head to pop in. And when it that does, was... he'll be welcomed with open arms. Good, good. That's good. You're not burning any bridges with them that you're no, not no, turning no, up no, then. No. Uh, right, so well, keep, so keep tuning in because it c- yes, might happen. Yeah. One day yeah. you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here to talk about football. Uh, so let's have a chat about that, about Celtic, about your time here with the football club. We'll have a trip down Memory Lane. But before we get to that, 
I want to chat about your early days growing up in Ireland because was it Gaelic football you were yeah, Gaelic, more into? Yeah, Gaelic football was my like I'd where I'm from there was no like academy football or soccer schools and stuff. Um so a lot of it would have been even my school team didn't even have wow. a football team. Like I grew up calling it soccer as well, which is a bit <laughs> weird now when I say it. Um but yeah, Gaelic football was the sport like from under eights where you learn fundamentals of a of a sport. So Gaelic football was always my first and like even now I still feel that I'm a better Gaelic football player really? than a footballer, yeah. Wow. So did you have a choice to make? A lot of, of people probably will agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> people say you play your football like yeah. a Gaelic footballer. <laughs> so did you have a choice to make then? Uh, no, not really, not really. Okay. As in, there was a choice to be, if I wanted to like seriously pursue having a football career mm -hmm. and moving over, then yeah, there was like, it wasn't until my last year before I moved over where I stopped playing both. Right. But up until then, it was probably like, maybe till I was 15 or 16, the like possibility of me moving over and being a footballer wasn't really in my thoughts. Yeah. So that's why I was always kind of playing playing the two together. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, no, I, I credit a lot of my growing up to playing Gaelic football. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, like hand-eye coordination, balance, all that kind of stuff that's very similar in, so I'm gonna say Tackling. soccer. When I'm talking <laughs> about Gaelic and football. Yeah, you can call I it soccer. To, I need I to call football soccer. Um, so like I do attribute a lot of that to to Gaelic football. Yeah. Now McGinn was a, a handy player as well. I remember interviewing yeah. him. Did you use some wages? No. Did you? Play uh, he'd be Niall is a year or two older than me. Okay. Maybe two years older than you me. You never cross paths. Uh, Gaelic days. No, no. No. If we did, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> two would have been two very different types of players. I don't really know much about Gaelic football, but. Uh, yeah. No, we wouldn't. He would have been a forward. I wouldn't. I wasn't a defender. What were you? So you what I was either midfield or a forward or a full forward, like right, okay, right in on the goal. Target man. If, target if there was man. a target man in Gaelic football, I was the a target man. And is it true as well that you almost went to Australia and played to play yeah. Aussie rules? Yeah, Aussie What's rules. What's the story there? Um, so because, like, I say myself, I was good at Gaelic football, and. A lot of the Australian rules teams would scout good young Gaelic footballers and they'd take them over to play Aussie rules and I was one of them and I went to like meet up with this agent who was overdoing it. I met up with the the people from the club and I base it was just came at the same time I started going for trials um over to England and basically if there was no trials happening I probably would have would have went. I said to them, like, look, my I'm starting to get trials. If it doesn't work out, then let's talk again. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Come over for the summer. Bring the family for a holiday. See what it's like. If you don't like it, you've had a free holiday. And I was like, oh, it's a pretty good, like, fallback to have. Yeah, getting the chance to live in Australia. So would you ever think back and go, ooh, that, that would have uh, been nice? The, sometimes, yeah, but then I see like they're monsters there. Oh, like they're yeah. and when I was 
like when I look back now at like my debut pictures for Celtic, I was like <laughs> a stick. So like I was thinking there would have been a lot of work to do for them to to beef me up. Yeah. I mean that is that's incredible though. You had the chance to go maybe into Gaelic football professionally, maybe into Aussie Rules professionally, then you end up coming over to Celtic. Gaelic football isn't professional. Oh sorry. So that's why sorry, so when I was saying there wasn't much of a choice to decide between the two. So there's no Gaelic football's amateur, so there's no like career to go into with it. So Whereas when the career to have football you can I could go into it. So that's why there was once the chance or like there was a reality of me being able to go over to England or to, to Scotland, then I was kinda of like, okay, I'm gonna to have to pursue that. Right, okay. So it was a choice between Australia and then Celtic. Is that what, what swayed your decision to to not go down the Aussie rules path or, or what, what was happening during that kind of period? Uh, Celtic were the only team that offered me a contract. Right. I went to about four or five teams. Went Norwich, Sunderland, Blackburn and Celtic. And I think Celtic were the, was the last team I went to. And uh, I remember being in the taxi, going to the airport in Dublin. It was like I had to get a taxi or a flight at like eight in the morning or something. So I was getting a really early taxi. And the taxi driver seen me like 16 year old with a sports bag getting a flight on his own. So he was asking me about it and I was like, oh, I'm going over on a football trial to Celtic. And the guy was like, whatever you do, like give it everything. If you just run, if you're not having, things aren't going well, just run, give it everything. <laughs> like bust your panning, Scottish <laughs> yeah. in. Uh, and for some reason that stuck in my head. And really? I remember like, yeah, playing the, played a trial game and I, I ran everywhere uh, just like it was a few months later one of the other young boys in the youth team said to me he was like oh like once he got to know me he was like I remember playing I had to play up front with you in that trial game and like you were <laughs> running every any time he'd go to make a run like maybe down the channel or something I'd go and, and take over his run and stuff going into his space and it was um all, all down to that taxi driver so this is this is it then the taxi driver is the reason that you're here at Celtic today yeah so that's yeah coaching badges forget all that just <laughs> just run <laughs> just get a taxi and he'll tell you just run so what was that like then when you when you came in for that trial so talk us through how long you were here for what you had to do like what you were feeling because obviously this is a massive opportunity for you at that moment to potentially get a contract at Celtic like yeah a lot of people might be feeling pressure in that moment um See, that's the other thing with the pressure. I never had, because of the Aussie rules, I never had the, the pressure of, obviously I wanted to, to come over and press and, and to, get, to get signed, but I never had the pressure of, it's, everything is on this. And like, this is, I've been in, if you were like in academy from 10, 11 years old, it all leads up to getting a professional contract. So I never really had that, pressure and I think it helped me um, so that's why I never really had the like weight of yeah it need this needs to go well and that probably um, helped you then do you think I think it helped me yeah like I, I came in like real naively to a lot of things like in like dressing room culture and stuff like that uh, but there was a few Irish lads in the youth team when I came over that I played with in the Ireland under 16s and one of them was in my team I played for in 
back in Ireland in Dublin, um, Paul Cahillan, he was in the youth team, and then there was a few other Irish lads. So I think I came over for a week. I think I came over for a week's trial. Just ran. <laughs> come over for a running trial. Um, I'd love if I if I could see like a video of those trainings because I would have been like doing little a box, doing little boxes and stuff like that. That was my worst nightmare when I was first started, like in youth team, the possession boxes. Um, but yeah, I just remember the the game was maybe on the the game probably would have been on the last day. And uh, I might not even have been a week, might have only been three or four days. And then I just remember at the end of the week, Tommy Burns saying, it was up, up here at Celtic Park, and Tommy Burns saying, we want to offer you, because I knew I'd done well, I think I'd scored maybe two goals or something and, and ran. <laughs> but uh, he said, yeah, we, we want to offer you a contract, we'll get your, fly your parents over the next chance or the next break. And it'll all be sorted. Wow. Why did that feel then? And particularly someone like Tommy Burns. Yeah, it was just like, it's almost like relief because because the, the like three or four trials I'd been on before all ended with thanks, but it's not going to, mm. you're not what we're looking for, whatever way they let me down. So you're kind of like expecting to hear the same. So then like to, to get the, the nod you're like not really you're not it's weird like you're not building up to expect a yes yeah so when he's saying yes so we're like oh wow okay and then you're straight to the phone to australia being like i am not yeah, coming sorry, over lad, see you sorry, later. Lad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was what 2006 when you signed for for celtic is that right yeah i moved over 2006 i think i i officially signed um i have a feeling it was april time it was gordon strachan's first year where they won the league mm-hmm. very early. Um, so I'm sure it was, a, I think it was maybe an Easter break or something we came over. And I remember like a week before, a few days before I played a game back in Dublin and sprained my ankle and I was on crutches. Right. So I remember like Tommy Burns introducing me to Gordon Strachan after the game, just down the tunnel, oh, yeah. like, oh, Gordon, this is the new, our latest signing. And <laughs> Strachan looked at me and was like, Cheers, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, I can imagine Gordon Strachan his face in that moment. Like, what was he? Did you have much dealings with him when you when you first came in, or were you kind of more in the the youth team, reserve teams when you first came into Celtic? Uh, yeah, no, I was only in the the youth teams, not even the reserves until I'm gonna say like maybe around Christmas time, November, December time. That's I could be way wrong, but um, when I first came in, it was it would have been all just the youth team, and it was the time when it was Celtic Park and down this Barrafield. Yeah. So we would all just went to Barrafield, and then you'd see the first team training there. But that was that was the most of it. Like you might sometimes go have to collect some footballs and stuff, and you might get to throw the balls back to them. But other than that, there wasn't really any. Yeah, cause I was going to ask you, like, what was it like coming in? Was it like a real eye-opening experience for you, or the fact that you maybe didn't have that much of a connection with the first team, was it a little bit kind of easier just to make that transition? Yeah, that's, yeah, like there wasn't really, for me the only transition was living, like moving away from home. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was seamless, like that was easy because there was, 
all the lads like Scottish and Irish are pretty similar, so all the lads were really sounds. I knew some of the Irish boys already. Um and then the football, all of that was totally new to me. So there was no like I'm saying that, like it wasn't a transition for me, but because no matter what football it was, it was gonna be new to me. So I kind of went in like with like I said, like quite naive to it all and just like not really knowing what like the like kind of like little unwritten rules like that you'd have in, in dressing rooms and football and stuff and just like the whole like their humour and stuff like that was took me a while to to get used to. Can you remember anything which caught you by surprise then? And not not unlike in particular, but like just little things were like stupid little jokes that I wouldn't really get that the laugh was on me. <laughs> But because I wouldn't get it, it, like it, it wouldn't bother me. So it would almost like backfire on them, where they're like, they might say something and try take the mick out of me, and because I didn't realise it, it kind of made them look a bit stupid. So yeah. I was like, well, all right, good one. Like I, I don't really get it, but okay. <laughs> How did you find then living on your own when you first came over? Did you go into digs? Did you get a place on your own? What? Would... Uh, yeah, I went into digs in Hamilton, um, with a digs lady Jackie. Was in there with a an Irish boy, Eric. Uh, the two of us went. I was a year older. The two of us moved over at the same time, and then that was like good. Enjoyed it. Nice, nice family. Uh, dinners were nice, which was important. Um, that was yeah. From that's that's all I really remember from that because I was only in it for about a year. Okay. Because my first year went so fast and like I progressed. Um, I was only in, in digs for a year. Yeah, I, your first year did progress really fast. We'll get onto the debut in a little bit, but just sticking in the the youth team that you moved into, who were the the names? Who were some of the characters in that team? Uh, there were, who the because was like there was a few mad guys in it, like <laughs> who were just for, I, a lot of them aren't playing football anymore. Okay. Um, there was, the guys who are still playing football from my youth team would have been, I think only, no, no, uh, Kevin Cawley, who's at Alloa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Graham Carey at St. Johnston. Um, Paul Skinner was the goalkeeper. He's, I think he's still playing back in Ireland. And there's, go, there's going to be some lads that I've forgotten. And they're going to That's, play up now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, lads. Was it a lively changing them? Um... Yeah, it w- yeah, it was. It was like I felt quite comfortable in it. That once I got to know most of them, then I could be myself and like and not be like loud in the dressing room, but kind of like to take like take part in it and mm. and be myself in it. Yeah. Um, Try and think of like any like mad. Can we think of any mad? Mad stories or things happening. Well, it's quite maybe quite a professional then you seem where you're all aspiring to make it to the top and you're just grinding every single day and Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean it didn't end well the first year with the uh, our youth cup final. So that was <laughs> So what happened there? Is that a, no, a story we, that can be aired? <laughs> uh, it probably shouldn't it probably shouldn't be no, we lost five nil. Oh right, the okay. Cup final. Right, okay. And did you get a, a hammering for that? Yeah, we came in the next day and uh, we had a report here the next day at like nine, nine o'clock in the morning or something. So we've come in, Tommy came in after him, right? Everyone, nine o'clock tomorrow morning, Celtic Park, away dressing room. 
So we're all in here like way early before nine o'clock, make sure no one's late. And we're sitting in the away dressing room. Nine o'clock comes and we haven't seen Tommy or anyone or Willie McStay. And uh, comes up like 10 past nine. Tommy walks in the room. Uh, Barrafield, it was Barrafield. Everyone find, get yourselves down there. We've all like scurrying down to Barrafield. We went in and see Ranus as a punishment. It was, I remember that. Well, everybody, everybody that knows Tommy Burns, I worked with him, they always seem to tell you stories about how nice a character he was, how much he helped the boys, but I take it then he had that. No, this side. was, yeah, no, this was saying Celtic don't get beat 5 0 in a Youth Cup final to Rangers. That's, that's not acceptable. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that was his way of telling you this. And I even after like changed the changed our our food at the that we used to get down there because we used to like get nice food a little bit of selection, and it's like all the all the stuff you you've all been given all that's getting you're taking advantage of all that taking it all for granted. Wow. Chicken pasta and tomato sauce. That's all you're getting. That's all we got for like I can't remember for how long afterwards. Um. Plus then I kind of got away. I got to go up to Lennox. <laughs> yeah, so bye like, guys. Yeah, See you later. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was the that was like one of the the things I remember from one of the biggest things I remember from my first year. Yeah, so you come in, you're training with the youth teams, you're playing the youth teams. Um, by all accounts, from what I was reading, you seem to get off to a, a bit of a flyer. I actually watched, I'll show it actually just now. Um, I saw a goal you scored. It was like an under 19s game against Rangers. You like cut inside, cut outside, cut back out again, and fired it in. So. Just using that goal as an example. It seemed like you were doing pretty well yeah. at that time. Don't know if you remember that, but uh, I'll, I'll probably try and show you. Um, so what happens then for you that year? Because this is your first season at the club. When's Gordon Strachan starting to take a bit of a, a notice in you and kind of getting you in, involved in the first team? Um, I don't know when he would have taken a notice to me and, and thought like, oh, he's potential to be in the first team or to be in my team or in my squad. Uh, but I started, whenever I started to go up and start to train with the reserves, every now and again, so it was like a step up for me to go in, from the youth team to get called and train with the reserves. And then once I was up there, I was doing doing well. There was then sometimes the first team would need maybe four or five reserve guys. And I never knew if that was Kenny McDowell at the time was the manager of yeah. the reserves. I never knew if that was his call to be like, right, you four lads go, or if it came from Gordon Strachan. But when that started to happen, when I started to go from the reserves, mixing in with the first team, that was when I was kind of like, whoa, I think like, I think I might actually like have a chance here. And then that's when I'm saying, I'd do stuff in training that I wouldn't really realize what I'd done until afterwards or like maybe like years later it might just hit me someday I was like oh I remember doing that in training like that. I remember one time playing little games and someone a, a cross came over like I took a chest Stephen Presley was the defender I've taken a chest I've like flicked it over over his head and then like hit a hit a first time finish past Boric I remember like I, loads of people like oh, like not going crazy but like making little noises but to me, I, I didn't realise like kind of what I was doing. And then I remember it just hit me one day, like years after, I was like, oh, 
now I can see like why everyone used to say like I was raw. Yeah. And a nice way of saying oh, I could I could be terrible sometimes, I think. Um <laughs> And it was like later on, that's when I realised like what, what, what they meant. Yeah, so did you not have, feel any pressure then when you like got called up for first team training for the first time to then go and mix with that group? At the start, no. At the start, no. But then once I kind of got used to being there, once I started to get in and play and I was kind of like involved with the first team as a player, like a, like a regular player, then that's when the pressure was like, Oh, I don't want to make a mistake. Like this is now it's serious. Like it's it was okay before where it's go up and if I do something good, fair enough it comes off. If not, no worries, I'm going back with the reserves or I'm not meant to be here. Mm-hmm. But then when I was actually in the in the first team, uh it kind of the pressure came to me and I was like, Oh, okay, I need to I don't want to make a mistake today. And that was my first thought. Yeah. Instead of how can I go and and show them I should be here or I'd be the best player today. So when you first went into the first team training then who were the guys in the team that really impressed you? Like, Did you notice a massive difference in quality from, from playing in Ireland and then playing in the youth team? Uh, well, I noticed the, the, the difference in quality straight away just from training in the youths. So from that, like that was my first change to, okay, this is like a different quality, a higher standard, and then from that it goes up a level every time up to the reserves and then the first team obviously was like the first team at that time there was Nakamura, McGeady like skillful skillful players that are doing stuff that like I would have never seen before um, so definitely that was like when I was like okay this is this is like this is the first team level this is the Celtic level this is Champions League level of footballers. Yeah, because that's the thing. That team was in the last 16 in the Champions League that season. Yeah. Beating Man United at home, Benficas and things. So that was like such a strong team. And then you make your debut that's that season. So it's February 2007. Away yeah. to Inverness in the, yeah. in the Scottish Cup. Talk us through your memories of that. Like, Did you know before the game that you were going to get involved? Uh, I can't remember if if I knew or how 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 much in advance I knew I was going to be in the squad because it was the my birthday is the twenty third of February and it was the weekend of my eighteenth birthday and I was oh. I think we had a free weekend in the youth team and I was due to fly home oh, for the weekend and I was having a party like yeah oh, big eighteenth party back <laughs> home can't wait and then I got called up to go. To the squad, so I'm. It mo- it was pretty last minute because I knew I had to cancel the party and flights and stuff. Um, and yeah, I just remember getting the call that I was in the squad to go up. I don't know. I'd love to know if I was in squads before, but I don't think I was. Mm-hmm. This might have been my first squad, and um, yeah, I got called up and not obviously not not even expecting to be in the squad, so not expecting to make an appearance. And then yeah, I got thrown on with. Yeah, you did. 20 minutes or something? Yeah, it's because Scottish Cup quarterfinals away to Inverness. We're 1-0 down in the match and then you come on. So, do you remember the... The boots boots I was wearing in that game weren't my boots. Who's wearing I think because it was so... 
I'm answering my own questions here. It definitely <laughs> was last minute because there was no, I don't think I had boots or anything with me. And I had to guess a pair, it was either Craig Beatty's or Stephen Pearson's boots. Can't remember which Bits, one. Which would you prefer? <laughs> they worked out well. So yeah. it was, on that day, they worked. Um, and it, uh, yeah, I had to grab one of a pair of their boots and, and wear them in they the game. They also had an, a second pair of boots, so yeah. I don't know if they were even in the squads. You're not like, like Craig, I'm getting cold on, can I take your boots? Yeah. Um, or in fact, would he, I, think, I don't even know if he was in the squads. He might, he might have been out of the team or out of the picture. Yeah. So it probably looks even worse. It does. That I'm yeah, going and taking his place on his boots. Craig, sorry, I'm just yeah. in the first team these days, so uh, can you give me your boots? <laughs> give me your boots, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I couldn't even wear my own boots. <laughs> so the, uh, did the manager say anything to you when you were coming on? Do you remember? Uh, I can't remember, can't remember. Just um, like go on and score please because we're with no prob- Probably like go on, enjoy it or something or do what, you're, do what you've been doing, continue mm-hmm. what you've been doing at a bus. Honestly, I c- can't remember. Yeah, so we're getting towards the end of the, the match, 89th minute, we're still 1-0 down, we're going out the Scottish Cup. And then Stephen Presley pops up at the back post and gets an equaliser. So I think everybody's expecting it then to be going to a replay. I was right behind them as well, trying to oh, hit it as well. Were yeah. You? yeah. So you could have he, had he your took moment. The goal. He took the goal off me, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a shame. But you were then involved in, what, in the winning goal just a couple of minutes later, in a mad couple of minutes. Kenny Miller got the goal, but yeah, you were very much a part of it. You helped set it up. Can you remember? Can you can you talk us through your memories of it? Uh, I don't remember it like I don't remember it as if oh, I'm hearing the game now. I just remember it was like I remember people making such a big deal out of us, and it was just it was just an assist, like it was just a touch. <laughs> he's like he's played the one too. He's scored from maybe like just outside the box, edge of the box. And everyone was like buzzing off me and I was like, all right, like I'll take it all, I'll love it all. But it was just, it was just a little, like it was one little touch. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll, I think I'll give him most of the credit. Yeah. Did you feel, when you were coming on though, did you feel like any, any pressure or any excitement? Like what's it like, what's it like to make your debut for Celtic? Because it's something that so many people dream of doing. It's something I wish I took in more. Okay. And was like, probably my whole time at Celtic really. Like, if I could have taken in more of it and been more aware of, of everything that was happening and, like, acknowledging everything that was happening and what I was doing, instead of just going into, the, like, the next thing that was happening, I was like, okay, that's happened, sound, next thing, or, like, not really, probably not appreciating everything and every moment that was happening. Um, plus, it means I'd have better, like, I'd have more vivid memories of stuff <laughs> as well. It would help. But can you remember after that match then? Because you must have been I remember in a high. After, I remember yeah. after in the dressing room. And I remember it Inverness's little uh, away changing room. And I remember sitting, I'm sure, was I sitting beside Neil Lennon? Or maybe he's come over to me and like, given me like a hand and, and said like, brilliant today, like, well done. And then Lenny was the kind, like in training he'd, if you made a mistake, he'd he'd hammer you. But then any time he'd give you a little bit of praise or said you've done something good, it would make that bit of praise like ten times more. Yeah. 
than someone else who's someone else who's always saying well done well done when they say well done after something you're like you always say well done so mm-hmm. like okay but i remember i remember specifically after that game uh neil lennon being like well done brilliant today and your 18th birthday weekend you didn't fly back to ireland straight after it did you to celebrate no unfortunately no no no, no. but I, had a, I think i had a better weekend yeah yeah no what a way to to make your, your start as a celtic player but then after that took you a bit of time to then make your second appearance for the club. I don't think it was until towards the end of the, the following season. So what happened after that match that made you have to wait that little bit longer? Uh, I think I, the end of that season, I wasn't, I don't think I, I don't think I made another appearance at the end of that season. No. And then when I came back the next season, I had a, I had a hip injury for eight, like, for months I was out and then I was just kind of like not because one of the reasons I got into the team in the first place was because there was injuries suspensions so a lot of things happened mm-hmm. where I was like right time right place doing well and I got a chance and then like normal like players come back first team players come back Um, big Jan Venegor he was one of the guys who got injured. So once he came back, he was the main like target man, striker, tall striker. Uh, so kind of once they all came back, the summertime to, to make new signings. So I then kind of went back to being a reserve. Well, I was still a youth player in the reserves, but I was a reserve player with maybe I can go in and out from the first team or I'll be involved in training. Um, so that along with being injured, coming back from the injury, so with the injury, I was out of the picture for so long. Um, other guys go in and stuff happens, but uh, I'll probably for, I'll, I'll blame the injury. I'll yeah, blame the injury. That's what that. everyone, <laughs> all players do that. And we're really quite good reserve teams then. So this is kind of like the 07, 08, 08 season. Because like, I suppose back then you would have had quite a few of the first team guys coming in and out and playing games when they were coming back from injury as well. So was it quite a, a good group in that reserve team? Yeah, no, the reserves was, was really good. That's when like, I kind of remember most. I was in the reserves more than I was in the youth team as well. So that's where most of my memories of like, youth, I say youth football, but like non-first team football at Celtic was. Uh, so I could have Cy Ferry and Nicky Riley were injured at the same time when I'd done my hip. So I, I was spent a lot of time with them and was, was quite friendly with them. It's like, as you know, size, you probably got a, good la- a good laugh to be yeah. around. So it was, um, <laughs> I was, it was a good, good reserve um, team as well. Like you're saying, like players that would come down at that time to get fitness and stuff or um, maybe coming back from injuries and that. Uh, was Tommy Gravison a big part of that reserve team? Tommy that was in, I didn't get to play as much reserve with him because at the time he was there, I was in the first team sometimes so i didn't get the the only time most of the time we would have had with him was like hanging about after training playing like head tennis and stuff with him because he'd always just be kind of like floating around the place and uh but he was so he was so good with the us like who who weren't first team players he was class like he was just like he'd, he'd go and talk to anyone like he's all the stories I hear about him, it seems like he actually got on with the younger guys more than he did the first team players. 
Probably, yeah, yeah. He's, but that's just the way he is. He was. Was he, he mad? Was, he was me- mental. He was mental, like in a in a good way. But I, I saw it in a bad way one day in the fir- when I was first gone up with the first team. So in like my youth team year, my first year, uh, I remember in training and Tommy was kind of like losing his head. And it was maybe from about two metres away, a ball was bouncing and he just volleyed it full force into my stomach for no reason. He just, he just lost his head. And uh, Neil Lennon pulled him up like straight away and he was like, what are you doing like that? It wasn't a fight, but the kind of like was, he stood up for me, which was always a good feeling. <laughs> but um, that was the only time I ever saw like the ba- a bad side of him, yeah. the way he is. But all the other times it was unreal. He used to slaughter me for being like slim. I'm saying slim, skinny, but he used to, yeah, he used to always get on to me for eating iron all the time. So you need a big, big lump of iron. You need the iron. <laughs> Always playing head tennis. He was unreal at head tennis. Was he? Yeah. Even in, like his sk- skill-wise, he was one goods. of the he was one of the most skillful players at the club at that time. But just a head like a head case at the same time. But, like I remember sometimes in boxes he would be, he was unreal sometimes. He just had that mind of his own. Just yeah, like you, could, you just couldn't contain him. Did, did you ever get into like one of his headlocks or anything? I've always heard that he used to just grapple people and they could never get out of it. I don't think he would have bothered with me because he knew he was because he'd always make fun of how on weak I was in his words. I don't think he even bothered with me. He got he he got um he got Gary Pendry and not a headlock, more of a, a spear tackle one day after training. They were doing I think we were doing a recovery. No, we were doing the cool down after training. And everyone's just lying on the floor, stretching. It was at the time in one of the big domes at Barrafield in the bad weather. And everyone's lying on the ground doing their stretching. And Gary Pendry was standing, just like having a chat with, with some of the lads, like having a laugh. Almost like standing, like taking court. And then Tommy was like kind of, not even creeped up, but just kind of walked up behind him. And just kind of speared him and rugby tackled him to the ground. <laughs> and uh, Gary, Gary Pendry was like, was on the ground. And obviously there's nothing he can do in that situation. Yeah. So Gary Pendry's like, all right, Tommy, all right, all right, that's good. Okay, can you let me go now, Tommy? You let me go. And you just kept doing it and holding him. And like you say, like, if once you get to hold, you're not, you're not getting out of it. <laughs> and did he, uh, would he like come to training and did he have like a wee Nissan or something? Or was like a wee, no. a car? Of, no, what, no what he, he, had? he had a tour rag. Did he? Yeah, a big, I'm did sure he? it was like a big club, you got a club car. Oh, right, he didn't, okay. he, he didn't pay for it, I knew that. He was, right, he was a okay. club car. I've always heard stories that he was quite, like, kind of tight At other clubs, yeah, I've heard he was like that. Yeah. Um, but I remember, like, he's, he's would be walking up or driving up from Barrafield up to the stadium. And uh, I remember, like, he was driving up and I was, like, so just sitting in the car. I'm, like, sitting in the car with Tommy Gravison, like, this is class. And he's telling me about my driving my driving test. <laughs> like, I'll be driving soon, lah. And he'd like hand out the window, driving up the road like that. I can imagine him just have like this absolute road rage in the car. Was he all right? Was he quite calm? No, like I said, apart from that one time in, in training when he snapped, it, I say snapped, but it wasn't really. Other than that, like he was just a happy guy. Yeah. Like, just someone who just loved life. Yeah. Like, just lived in his own <laughs> mad little world that... He knew what he got up to. Yeah, that was nice. Nice guy to be around. Yeah. So, um, so that season ends. Um, 
so 0809 season, you start playing a lot more, you start being involved. So what changed for you over that summer? Was it just a case of getting back from injury and kind of having your face popping around a little bit more and getting back into training? Um, yeah, I went, did we go to Portugal? I think we were in Portugal on a pre-season yeah. trip. Um, and I must have done all right in that where I was kind of still kept myself in the picture of I could be called on. And then again, same thing has happened. Players got injured, suspensions. I was in good shape. I was training with the first team a lot more. Um, and yeah, I just remember getting the first first game I played that season would have been, you, maybe you know, I don't know, would it have been the Champions League one? I think you played just before that, actually. Uh, let me see here. I did take a little a little list of yeah. some of your stuff to see if I, if I got that. Um, so you played in the you played in the league before that, and then yeah, you came off the bench against Man United at Old Trafford. And then after that, I made my first start. Then after that, yeah. you made your first start, yeah. And yeah. that was yeah, that was when yeah, when I made my first start, and sco scoring is when you know yeah, you can just kind of settle, and then you can feel like because a striker as well, then you can feel like okay, now I'm can start to say I'm, I play for Celtic or like I'm a, I'm a player or yeah. a Celtic player. You can start showing um, people by the way. Like and then, um, yeah, so that was kind of the first time where I was like really felt a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, yeah, that's that, that game I remember. And mo most of those games I, I can remember. The, that like kind of, it, was, it was a short, maybe f three, four month spell. Um, and then, yeah, kind of when the the big dogs got <laughs> came back fit. <laughs> uh, Man United, though, let me ask you about that because you played in both of the games in the Champions League. You came off the bench, so the first one though at Old Trafford. So your first experience of a, a European game, and as I think as I said, you only just made your first appearance of that season. Your first one since Inverness game, uh, just before that. So. Was that a real eye-opening experience stepping out in Old Trafford against like Tevez and Ronaldo and? Yeah, that was it. Was more that was more of a surreal thing where you're in Old Trafford. Like I know, although you're going from Celtic Park like there every week, but then to go to somewhere like that's on par, like a, a similar stature of of stadium, um, and then for it to be a European game as well, like a Champions League game, you're just kind of sitting there and you're like. Again, like you're kind of like, this is mental. <laughs> um, and then we were losing through, we were losing three nil. And I'm sure Gordon Strachan asked me something about if, like, I had a, don't know if he if he asked if I had a bonus or something for coming on in these games or something. I did, I I didn't, but he was like, I don't. He obviously said that just to relax me and to, um, make me settle. I don't know if he was expecting me to go on and, and score three <laughs> goals and yeah. save the game. Um, but I think he just saw it as a chance to kind of, like, give me that chance of coming on yeah. against Man United at Old Trafford in the Champions League. Um, but yeah, I just I remember that game like seeing the the difference in. Were they a joke? Like yeah, Rooney, Tevez was unreal. Rooney was Rooney was like getting the ball, dropping deep, getting the ball in midfield, and instead of like just an easy safe pass out to the fullback, he just like put his laces through it. And like an inch above the ground, it would just go to the go to the full full back. And I remember like seeing, and he'd do it two or three times. I remember seeing that, and I was like, although it's it's a little thing, 
but just seeing it like up close in a game like that, I was like, no, nah, he's yeah. he's on a different level. That way, when someone hits a ball and you can like hear the ping yeah, off it and stuff. Yeah. It's just, and this was like when Rooney was, that was like almost peak. at his peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah with those tempo boots on, like yeah. the. But I remember I came on, I came on and because we're losing and I'm coming on and again, I'm just trying to impress. So I'll just start running and, and closing down. <laughs> running just so, normal, yeah. <laughs> so I'm pressing Johnny Evans and he's got the ball in the box, in his own box. And I'm pressing him and I go full into press when he crouches me and just turns out and walks out. And I just remember thinking, oh, you know. Not many players can say they've been crouched by Johnny Evans in their career, so. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite the, <laughs> I don't know if it's quite the flex. I wasn't going that for I, it, yeah. <laughs> But then the, the home game against Man United, um, where we drew one each, Scott McDonald scored to put his one up, and then was it Ryan Giggs scored right at the end to, to level, but again, you came off the bench on that one, so that was your first experience of a Champions League night at Celtic Park. Being no, I started. Did you start? Started that oh, one, Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah. apologies. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing you a disservice. That, um, no, that one I definitely remember. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, started that. I think it was the morning of, because... Uh, I think Jan was still injured. I think Sammy Samaras was still injured as well. So it was just, I remember before thinking, before the day or two before the game, thinking oh, he'll, he'll probably just go at one up front. He'll just, probably just go with Scott McDonald up front. Um, such a big game. I was like, he's never going to start me. And then I remember the morning of it, he was like, I'm sure it was the morning of it, he was like, right, you're going to 4 4 2. You're up front. Wow. You, you and Scotty. Is it hard going then? You like? And then I just, yeah, I just was like, unreal on the phone. Uh, my mum managed to get a flight over, so she was able to get to the game. Um, and yeah, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. That was like everything. Like when you're standing there, when the anthem's going. I know players always say it, like it's when the anthem. When you're standing there and you hear the anthem, and then especially here, it was unreal. Yeah, and you're looking over, you can see like Ronaldo was on that team. Wasn't Ronaldo, he? yeah, Ronaldo, um, Giggs, it was Ferdinand, Vidic, yeah, it's the full, the full, yeah, the full shebang of Man U. Yeah. yeah. Full. So, can you actually like describe what that's like when you're when you are standing there and you're hearing that anthem and you're hearing the roar and everything? Like, I know you said that a lot of the time in your career, maybe at Celtic, you didn't get a chance to take it in. Was that a moment where you maybe did, or were you that still? That one I remember, yeah. I, I did. It's not that I made a case of that time to be like, make sure I'm taking this in and remember it. But it was just one of those things that it's, it's impossible not to remember it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, yeah, just the like, even the, like I noticed even after even just going to games, here at, at Champions League, it's different. It's the like the roar is different to. Like when I was in Cyprus and playing it, yeah. it's completely different atmosphere. But the um, yeah, it was it was unreal, like indescribable. And how do you how do you remember the actual game then? Like, you know the roar for the Champions League anthem, but then that must have only increased when Scott McDonald scored. Uh, yeah, I don't remember too much. I, I, the only thing I can I say I remember, but I don't know if I remember because I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see myself running over. Um, my biggest regret from that is not scoring. I had a chance from a corner and I headed it and it just went over and it's like hit the roof of the netting. And I'm trying, I think it would have been would have been in the second half. So you make it 2-0. And, and that's one, yeah, that was one of my 
my biggest regret is not not scoring in, in those. No. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, I think I tried like an overhead in the in the first half. I say that I'm giving myself a lot of credit there and calling it an overhead kick. You swung your fall, leg. Or? It was more of a fallback. Yeah. <laughs> um, ben Foster was in goals that day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, that's just an incredible. It's an incredible thing, though, to say that you had that opportunity, and I know you went and played in the Champions League again later on in your career, but. Yeah, not many people can say that they've played for Celtic, they've played in the Champions League, and in a game that we actually got a result as well. So it's not like yeah, yeah, a game we lost yeah. five 0 or something. Yeah, and yeah, and it wasn't even a, it wasn't one of those like one alls where you're scraping and you're you're hanging on. It was like you're almost disappointed to mm-hmm. to draw that game. Yeah, um, but even though, like I remember in it going like for headers and stuff against Ferdinand and Vidic. And like being confident that like looking forward to going up and challenging against them and like thinking oh, I can beat them in the air and stuff like that. Yeah. Can't remember how many of them I actually would have won, but I just remember being having the feeling of like we're like it's it's not just to be in all of playing against them, like I'm here to compete against them. Yeah. But that day when you're having your own bit of football kind of history for you. That was the biggest day of my football career as well because we played a school game before that. Yeah. So it got played early because the game was going to get played later on. And I was actually a goalkeeper back then, which you wouldn't think now because uh, I'm tiny. But um, yeah, I was a goalkeeper back then. And there was a scout there at the game. And I had the worst game I've ever had in my life. Like, I was, I say in my head, I was did just you thinking know about... The, did you know the scout was there? Didn't know the scout was there, okay. yeah. But I say it's because also I was like excited for the game yeah. coming up, so I was like rushing out to. So that was the only thing I was thinking about. I like picked up a back pass, all sorts. One of the guys in our team then got scouted and is now playing in the, the Premiership at the moment in Scotland. No way. Yeah. So that was that could be my sliding doors yeah. moment. But <laughs> you were playing against Man U. I was picking up back passes, and then someone else went and got a, yeah. a career. So two up. two of us were pretty nervous that day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. I, so that that season as well. You got your first goal. I think it was in between both the Man U games um, in the game against Hibs. You scored your first goal in yeah. a four-two victory. Um, you then went on to score a few more goals as well. We'll start off in that Hibs one, though. Do you remember that feeling of scoring your first goal for Celtic? Yeah, just like again, almost like relief, and it is almost like relief, where you can just kind of like even like in my celebrations, I can see how I'm just kind of like. Not overly celebrating, you're yeah, just kind of... Yeah, you're just kind of like, it's, yeah, it's weird, it's, it's hard, hard to describe. Um, but I remember, I remember actually like as if, I remember being in the moment of that game and I remember having the chance as soon as the pass came through and I knew I had to run on the defender and I saw the keeper coming out, I almost like knew I'm scoring here. I was like, I knew I'm, I'm getting this pass and I'm going to be able to pass it in. And I just remember like vividly that yeah and then you got a couple more you scored twice in a 3-0 win against Kilmarnock I think you started that game you scored against St Mirren away from home as well just again any memories you got from from any of that imagine at that point you're maybe starting to feel like a bit of a first team player here Uh, I don't know if I was ever felt like a, a real first team player because I was always like I was always in the reserve 
dressing room and then going up with the first team and then never like in the actual first team dress room, apart from game days and stuff, but like being in amongst the actual first team dressing room, I never really was. But those times were the, especially the Kilmarnock game um, when I scored the two goals, that was the first time where I was like, I play like I was, I remember, that's one of my disappointments is I didn't win man of the match. Massimo Donati won man of the match oh, that really? night. Yeah. And I was like, I remember after I was like kind of being a little bit disappointed that I'd like, how did he win that? I thought I played really good, scored two goals. Um, but that was like one of the games where I was, I felt uh, I can, I can play at this level. Yeah. I can play, for, I can play for Celtic at this level. What was Gordon Strachan like then with you in, in those periods? Was he, seems like the type of manager that was just quite kind of straight up and down. I don't know, what, what was your experience like with him? Uh, I was all, as a youth player and reserve going in, you were always afraid of him. Could he go? Yeah, and because you're, you're always like, a, and not an easy target, but like young, young players coming in are always kind of treated a little bit more harshly than, than other first team players would be. And uh, I think it's just a case of how you react to it. I was, he was all right with me, never, the only time I'd act, I had a, like a proper dressing down from him, I'd say, would be the, when we played Alborg away yeah. and I came on and I'm sure he regrets, he has to regret that decision. I remember sitting on the bench away in Alborg in, would have been the last group games. Yeah, that's right. Oh no, sorry, I think it was Villarreal were still in the group, I think it was the second last group game where we needed a result to either stay in the UEFA Cup or Europa League at the time or else to continue on to the next stage of the Champions League. We're winning 1-0 away, playing one up front. Samras was up front on his own, I'm sure. And like 60 minutes brought him off and put me on. And I was sitting on the bench, freezing. Over there, we could see their subs going to warm up with big skiing boots on. <laughs> and us sitting there, our feet were, couldn't, feel our, couldn't feel our feet. And... Uh, it's the worst feeling if you're on the bench and your feet are frozen. And I remember thinking, oh no, he's not. He's not going to do this. And brought me on. And uh, the very first, someone's played, I don't know if it was the first or one of the first or second actions I've done. Someone's played a ball up and I've tried to play it first time out to the wing to Naka. And in my, I still believe it was a good pass and he just, gave, he just didn't bother going for it. And it just went straight out for a throw. And I kind of like set in motion a few a few bad touches and stuff, and we ended up losing two one. <laughs> and I remember after the game, he just he went through me, like yeah. I won't repeat it. it, was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> I think we can get a gist of what yeah, you probably said. It would probably just be a lot of bleeps. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. But then I remember after the game, uh, Gary Caldwell, Stephen McManus, Sean Maloney. Remember them on the plane, kind of saying because they were kind of like older and probably seem to be the more sensible players of that group and uh, they come up and they're like oh look don't worry about it we've all everyone gets those gets those moments but for that time I was like no I'm done I'll never I'll never play football again here I'm done. I'll be back boost the reserves until the rest of the season um, but now he was he was he was good yeah yeah but then you did go out and loan didn't you in that January, February time, um, to Motherwell. Yeah, I think it was maybe the last day of January or something, and okay. I didn't know anything about it. 
Um, and it just came, I remember driving into training, I think I got a call from my agent saying, Mother will want to take you on loan. And I didn't really know anything about them or the manager or anything like that. Uh, and I was like, yeah, look, the Strachan wants you to go out and get some game time and get away. I think he wanted me to get away from Celtic as well because I'd kind of come in, played such big games and he probably saw the inconsistency in some games because I remember there were some games I played, we played away to Hibs and we lost 1-0. It was that game John Rankin scored oh, yeah, from like 40, yeah. 50 yards or something. Uh, and I remember playing really bad in that game. I started and then I remember after the game or maybe a week or two weeks later having a meet or talking with Strachan and saying, asking like, almost like apologising, saying like, oh, sorry for playing bad. Like, and he was like, look, it's, it's, what, hap it's what happens every young player. You go through ups and downs, inconsistency. No, unless like world-class Wayne Rooney is, Player, young players will have bad games and then I think he just wanted to get me out of trying to break through at Celtic while making those mistakes and maybe having ups and downs I think that's why I was sent uh, away from it for the for those six months and then within that time he he obviously ended up leaving yeah so then was that you then after that did you did you play for Celtic again or was it just loans and uh, then for you that was the last competitive yeah. Game I would have played for Celtic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you had loans in Motherwell, you were St. Johnston as well. Motherwell, Plym Motherwell, Plymouth, St. Johnston. And then? And then I moved. To Bulgaria? Abroad, permanently, yeah. yeah. Which was yeah. the start of a an, an enigmatic career of places, Bulgaria, Israel, Cyprus. Yeah. Anywhere else? Uh, I say New Zealand, Australia. So okay. I'll say like, because... When I say New Zealand, people are like, I didn't know they play. F I didn't know there was a league in New Zealand. I didn't know they actually the playing the A League. Um, Poland, Poland, yes, yeah. Uh, I think that's them all. Yeah, yeah. I think about six, five or six. Yeah. How have you How have you enjoyed that experience of going to so many different places? Is it something you like set out to do, or is it just something that's happened? No, not at all. And so ever, I always get asked. Um, until I started doing it, then I was like. I kind of enjoy this, like I prefer this to where I would have, to where I possibly would be playing. Um, but the first one to Bulgaria, I I didn't enjoy it at all. And that was, a lot of it was down to me, like my approach to it and how it went. Uh, but then once I had that under my belt, I knew I could kind of, once the next opportunity came to go abroad, I was like, right, well, I've done Bulgaria. I know what to do, what not to do. And if I was able to live there for a year and a bit, I can go, and as bad as, and as much as I hated it, I could go now and, and play anywhere and live anywhere and enjoy it. So there was never like any, any hesitation for me to, to go abroad again. Was it any eye-opening experiences from any of your times away, like real culture shocks or? Um, culture shocks? Uh, like the fans are mental, fans are nuts in most of the countries I've been, well, not most of them. Um, Cyprus, I imagine. Cyprus and Bulgaria. Bulgaria was the one mad, yeah. Cyprus was, I was telling one of the lads the other day on the way in, we played a cup final 
for my ammonia and last game of the season it was one all they were winning 2-1 and it was in their stadium there was a big thing around it which stadium it was going to be and ended up being a draw and it was played in their stadium with like 50-50 fans and uh, they were winning 2-1 and this pitch has a running track around the, the side of it so there's big gaps from the stands to the pitch but the last like two three minutes they're winning 2-1 and their fans break through the the barriers and are all standing around the pitch or like their their side of the stadium they're standing around the pitch like three or four meters from the sideline and the end lines so i'm carrying it they're just waiting to go on and celebrate so i'm thinking like in the game you're thinking if we score here we're pretty screwed like it's if we score, we can't celebrate, we'll end up getting killed. All their fans will come on. Um, and initially, as soon as the final whistle went, it was bedlam. Our fans rush on, start fighting with their fans. Security come over and they're like ushering you, trying to get you out of the out of this, the pitch safely. And then you're there like trying to, within all this, you're still trying to like get the disappointment of losing a cup final. Yeah. And it was, it was mental, mental. <laughs> Is that where the old Gaelic football comes in, your rugby tackle? <laughs> no, not at all. It was straight down. It was funny because after I was telling him, I was like, oh, I need to find like some footage of it. And I was looking up on YouTube the other day. Can you, is it up there? there? There's some videos of it, yeah. Right, that's Co- the first thing I'm going to look at. Coca Cola Cup. The Coca Cola Cup? 2016. Okay. 2016 Cyprus <laughs> Cup final. Is there a, do you have any other kind of mad experiences or anything that kind of comes to mind from your, your travels? Eh. Uh, there's a lot that I can't say. That yeah. Is, um, it, yeah, you probably couldn't air it and I'd, I'd end up getting in trouble for <laughs> myself. Uh, yeah, we don't want that. I mean, there's the usual, like, there's some little things, like, in, like, for instance, Bulgaria was the first place I went where it was a total thing of, like, here, if you, you're playing Saturday to Saturday, you win Saturday, you can go out, have a night out, enjoy yourself, and nothing's like, like with no trouble happening or anything. You just go out and have a good night out. Nothing's really said or like saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. But over in Bulgaria, it was like, no, you can't be doing this. And I didn't really realise that. I went over there and continued kind of living how I would here. And they just, they were like, no, yeah, like that, that doesn't happen. And... Uh, now, one of the like weird things was in the supermarkets. So over there, in Bul- I think it's the only place in the world in Bulgaria, if you nod your head, it means no. And if you shake your head, it means yes. Okay. Really confusing. <laughs> and like when they were telling me, it never really registered in my head. So I was like, okay, that's weird, whatever, but I'll just say yes or no then. And uh, I remember like for ages, I'd be going to the supermarket and I might just go in and get like, a chocolate and a drink. And I go and like, every time I go through the queue, she did a bag. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. And it's always give me a plastic bag for like just a little bar of chocolate. So I was like, I've done it for ages. And one day it's just clicked to me. Every time she's asking me, do you want a bag? And I'm like, no, no. You <laughs> <laughs> like, probably all do that. Though, you, yeah. say, no, you probably always shit your head. Yeah, so that's, uh, I'll blame that on a lot of, a lot of bad decisions in yeah. Bulgaria were, were due to that. Do you have any like mad foods or anything, anything you've experienced? Uh, 
Mad foods? Nah, nothing really. Because nah. Cyprus foods was a lot of it was meats. Yeah. Um, barbecued like souvlaki and stuff. Bulgaria. Bern here. Bulgaria, those those these Italians, um, at the club, and I was good friends with them, and they'd take me out to a little Italian restaurant where they knew the the owner of it or the chef in it. I think he was Italian as well, and I remember like they'd take me out, and like it was my first time seeing how passionate Italians are about their food and I remember like I'd, I'd go for lunch with them and afterwards they'd all get espressos and I wasn't a big coffee drinker at this time and I'd be like just to have a coffee with them I'd be like I'll oh, just have a kind of a latte as soon as I'd say latte they'd be like no you can't do it. like angry they'd be angry at me you can't do this you know the the coffee and the milk mix it was everything no 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 like getting angry at it but they took me out. They took me out for dinner in the, to, to his friend's restaurant, and we go in. And I was like, "Oh, like, what do you think I should have?" And he was like, "Ah, oh, maybe get this pasta." And I was like, "What are you having?" And he's like, "Ah, I don't know. I've just asked him to make me something." So the food comes out. He gets to sit, and he's like, "Forks it up, eats it," and he just stands up. <laughs> in front of the whole restaurant, <laughs> amazing. And that was, yeah, that was my first introduction to like how passionate <laughs> Italians were in food. I'm going to start doing that in restaurants now. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And then... So uh, that's, my, that's my Bulgarian food experience. It's actually it's Italian, Italian food. food yeah. yeah. And then that's all led you now back to... In, back in Scotland. You're, you're still with Dundee. Um, obviously, unfortunate moments through injuries where the team are kind of going, going quite well in the, the championship. But... Yeah, what's kind of what's the plans for you then? What's what's the uh, plans after the summer? First is to my summer will be mostly getting fit, getting yep. back fit. So the timing of the injury wasn't great, um, in terms of like when the season finishes, my contract's up, and then I'm kind of will have to do a lot of rehab myself. But in a way, the good part of having the same injury, although a different leg, is I know a lot of the rehab and. The program of what to do so I'm not really left stranded like yeah. I know um, I'll be no I'll be fine I'll be yeah. just trying to get back fit and then see where the next professional travels will be. See, see where the next travels <laughs> will bet, take where, do you, where do you want to tick off next have you got anywhere in mind anywhere anywhere <laughs> I was saying to someone recently they asked me like where it's, when did I realise that I was kind of like was going anywhere I was like probably when I was in in Israel up in the the, the little, little tiny town in the Golan Heights where I was like there's no point someone asking me like is yeah. there anywhere I won't go or, or anywhere I want to go like a South America or something like that like a, oh yeah I'd love I'd love somewhere good. sunny I'd love yeah. somewhere sunny after being in Scotland for two years I'd love a bit of sunshine again yeah that'd be good uh, well just to finish off Killian um, what we usually do is we just kind of do like some kind of quick fire questions and teammates whatever but you don't have to be quick fire. And okay. You can you can share however much you want or whatever. Um, what I'll do is I'll just fire some questions at you, fire some names at you, and see if, if anything comes to mind. Um, right, I'm going to just throw some names at you. Well, I had Tommy Gavison here, but you, you've spoken about him. Um, just some other guys in the first team that might have any good stories or any good memories or anything. Um, Arthur Boric. Arthur Boric. Anything um, comes to mind? The, not too much on the... I went on the Christmas night out. We went down to Manchester, and I was. This is when I was like with the first team, and I, I went on that. And I remember 
the end of the night I wasn't in a very healthy way and I remember he he was like walked me home or he's met I think I was going back to the hotel I'm like walking on my own in the street they saw me. and he's a uh, he saw me and, and kind of took me under his wing and tucked me into bed good safe hands yeah. after that <laughs> um Aidan McGiddy uh, Aidan good player eh? yeah See, I'm, I'm good friends with him so I don't want to <laughs> stick him in here uh, I loved Aidan McGiddy when I was when I was younger Aidan was Aiden, one day in training, I saw like one of the best, like, performances of yeah. football ever. Yeah, there was like a, an, an afternoon session that was put on for like younger first team players and attackers, and like some of the, some of the things he was doing, I was like, joke, I was like, that's I've never seen anything like that. That's like he was doing skills that like you'd be trying to do slowly, but he's doing them sprinting past past defenders and then like finishing a top corner or something yeah. but like it was constant it was like about 10 finishes in a row just all top corners um, nah, mo- mo- most of my most of my times with Aiden are kind of like on nights out and stuff yeah. so it's <laughs> best, best left yeah. I mean not many people have an actual skill named after him you know you've got like yeah, true, things yeah. that have a yeah. Mickey spin yeah. I'll, 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 I think he was like the best player well like Skillful wise yeah. in the team. Yeah. 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 Easily. Yeah. Um what about this is this was an interesting one. So I was actually trying to do some do some research, listen to a few other interviews you've given and stuff. And one name that was mentioned was Andy Hinkle. <laughs> Andy Hinkle. Was that a joke? <laughs> or is there actual substance to that? About <laughs> the dog training. Yeah. Oh no, he's practicing defending with his dog. Yeah. <laughs> no, I made that up. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure I uh, <laughs> Although it actually it ties in with Andy and Aiden. Andy had a <laughs> like a, a Porsche 911, the like top of the range, really? souped up, could do whatever speed. And Aiden loved, still loves cars and would always like want to have the fastest and best car he could have, obviously. And driving to Lennox Town from Glasgow, half of it is little back yeah. roads. And Aidan would like say he'd come in and be like angry with Andy Hinkle because he'd be like, "Why do you have that car? Like you're driving thirty miles an hour on these little country roads and like holding people up, like holding tractors up behind you, and you're, like you're driving it. Why do you have that car? Why do you have that car?" And just get used with like visibly angry at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a few for yourself then. Uh, do you have a, a favourite memory from your time at Celtic? Uh, it would be either the goal, scoring my first goal, or the United game. Yeah. Um, That's two good ones. Yeah. But yeah, they're for different reasons, they're like kind of level. So. Yeah. And if you were to just kind of like look back on your time at Celtic, how would you, how would you sum it up? How can you try and sum it up in a few sentences? Uh, Looking back, proud that I've played for the club. Yep. Like played for the club, scored, played in such big games, got to experience it all. But, but like, wish I could have maybe done a bit more. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's. Thank you very much for for coming in and joining us in the podcast. I really enjoyed looking back and all your 
your memories and your time at Celtic, some good stories in there. Hopefully you enjoyed looking back on it as well. Yeah, thanks very much. I just wish my memory was a bit clearer. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much and uh, all the best in the summer with, with whatever you do and I'm sure we'll see you popping up in some mad country somewhere <laughs> along the lines. Thanks very no, much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.